0: Yes, welcome to Collaboration Radio, here at the intersection of art, activism, and social change. That was DJ Lady D with the beat, and... Carla Stilwell with the Freestyle. We got Brill Barrett with the Sweet Feet.
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Oh, man, I've been calling that before, but sweet what's up, <laughs>
2: Pete, Brill Barrett? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll receive it. <laughs> Brill the Thrill.
1: Come oh, get wow. your fill.
2: Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> Ladies and
2: gentlemen, it's going to get corny in here. <laughs> okay. Dad Joke Dad Central. Joke uh, Central. Uh, uh,
0: Let the record uh, uh, state, Your Honor, that I did yoga today, <laughs> and... I you doing yoga at 50 is kind of like doing acid at 18. No, 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 not acid. <laughs> I feel all kinds of good, and I had a Red Bull. So oh oh,
1: you're uh, ready to go?
0: Yeah, that's the that's the dad. Um, what's that called when you do a uh, coke and heroin? Um, speedball. What?
2: Speedball.
1: speedball. The dad's I'm so speedball. happy that I did not know that answer.
2: Hi, what?
1: Henry. How are <laughs> you doing? <don't> <laughs> Not self-reporting myself at all. <laughs>
0: Yoga and Red Bull. We're here at Action Radio. Thank you for joining us at 4 p.m. Central Time on WCPT 828M, Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio. We're also streaming live on the Facebook right now. Go check us out. You might want to get onto the, onto the Facebook when... When we get when we get the tap dance going later.
2: <laughs> Anthony is so old he's the calling it face, the, the Facebook. I know. It's I
1: was Facebook. thinking, I was laughing at that same thing. I was like, you know, when we get a certain age we put the have you been on the internet? The <laughs> Facebook? Uh do you Brill, do you have Snapchat?
0: Do I have the Snapchat? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You do? Yes. Yes. Do you have Snapchat?
2: I do not have the Snapchat. Henry,
0: do you have the Snapchat? I do. Oh, wow. Of course you do. (laughs) But, brilliant, you got it. Well, actually, I don't. I heard it's coming back. Matt Rhythms has one. That that, that doesn't count. Matt Rhythms Snapchat. That doesn't count. Because if you don't have Snapchat,
1: you know you're old. Oh. oh. Yes, I
2: don't have the Snapchat.
1: (laughs) I thought it was TikTok was the...
2: No, that's...
1: That's that's what the kids are all (laughs) on.
2: No,
0: no, tick, I have TikTok. I mean, TikTok, TikTok is gone. But the Snapchat is the next one. But we're here with with Brill Barrett on Collaboration Radio today. Yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, uh, Chicago mainstay tap dance er teacher mentor. Um, artistic director of Mad Rhythms. That's right, that's right. And um, just, you know, um, one of the coolest, nicest guys I've ever met, considering he has a super human artistic talent. Um, you, 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 dude, give me something, give me something. I like this guy. He, I like that. He's a great guy. Uh, and, and, and Carla and I happen to both know. Brill separately Mm -hmm. from
2: different directions and maybe
0: maybe we'll play the three degrees of Carla Brill and (laughs) Anthony later and we'll see if we can each name somebody that all three of us know okay and send and then see who, who who drops out first
1: okay okay Weird. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I think... I Because think.
2: I don't even remember when I met Brill. It's been so long. That's I true.
1: I don't, I don't remember. remember when I met you either. But, no, i just known you for I, like 30 yeah, years. I feel like I've known you a long time. But the three of us kind of
0: know a lot of people in the city. This, this is true. Probably. This is true. Yes, yes, yes. And we are kind of, you know... Uh, hardcore but happy people. You know? <laughs> so I got a feeling, you know, the other hardcore happy. people I like that
1: hardcore but happy. You yes. Know what I mean?
0: Like because because um, it's like, have you ever been in a room where everybody's wearing black and you're wearing colorful clothes? Yes. yes. And, and I was like, and I'm like, ah, I should have wore, wore all black today. And they're like, no, I got my purple on you know, and my yellow and my pink. Oh.
2: Listen, y'all, Collaboration Radio is sponsored by the Joseph and Bessie Feinberg Foundation and donors and members like you. Mm -hmm. So before we get going, I want you all to email radio at collaboration.org or go to our website at www.collaboration.org to learn more. And today's episode of Collaboration Radio is sponsored by AV Chicago, Chicago's leading provider of AV, AV production and event management services and Ethos Collective. Ethos Event Collective is a purpose-driven destination and event management company that seeks to become a trusted strategic ally to your business. Yes, yours. As they create authentic experiences that align with your goals, delight your audiences, and generate impactful outcomes, www.ethoseventcollective.com.
1: Okay, you said plugs,
2: plugs, plugs,
1: plugs. I got the plug. Hey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on in Collab World, Anthony Mosley?
0: Uh, we just announced the premiere screening of our new f- film in 4K. We, um, we filmed the uh, final performance of Trial in the Delta, The Murder of Emmett Till, mm. our adaptation of the once-missing trial transcript at, its, at the DuSable Museum last February 17th, and we have edited that and turned it into a 95-minute um, digital cinema experience, and we're going to be premiering it at the Wayfair Theaters in Highland Park on nice. February 22nd. Um, so we're gonna be in the movie theater <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's really cool because you know we used to um do this magical work and then it would just disappear except in people's minds, yep, and like the 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 pantheons of content that <laughs> is just that we know about and Nobody else knows except the people in the room when it happened in mm-hmm. Chicago theater and performing art scene. I mean, that there's it, there's something magical about ephemera and things that disappear. But this piece needs to be shared. And so we're just really excited that we were able to capture it, film it, edit it, and we're going to be screening it. So come on up to Highland Park. Pearl, did you see uh, trial in the Delta? I did not see it yet. Well, if you can make it on the twenty second, let us know. Okay, and um, uh, Henry, you you should come too if you uh, if you are not here in the <laughs> in the station, my dungeon <laughs> in the box. Who needs sunblock when you're stuck in the station?
2: Literally, no windows. Vampire <laughs>
0: in before the sun is out, out before the out after the sun's down. You're a, you're a, you're a happy vampire. At, I, yeah, literally. <laughs> so that's going uh, on, um, and then this week we're going to announce the auditions for uh, the Light, our youth program, mm-hmm. where young people get paid eighteen dollars an hour to. Train and develop and learn how to inspire social change through their work, and then they create work, and then they perform it around the city. And um, it's really exciting. We're going to have auditions in early, late February, early March, in South Shore at the Gary Comer Youth Center,
2: mm-hmm.
0: in Ukrainian Village at Shy Arts. Mm-hmm. At the K. Ryan Center for the Arts in Austin.
2: Mm hmm.
0: And at the Kimball Art Center in Humboldt Park. So if you know any young people, send them to collaboration.org forward slash the hyphened light and have them check it out. I mean, sure, they could go make, um, cupcakes at the mall or, <laughs> or pour some Dairy Queen ice cream, but, or they can go get paid to make art. Um, so those are two things going on with collaboration action right now.
2: And um, uh, there are three Chicago celebrities in this room. <laughs> Pick up the latest issue of New City Magazine, the January issue. All three of us are yeah. featured artists. Uh, the what is it? The fifty most fifty, the grand fifty, the 50. players.
1: Yeah, the fifty Were, people. Well, who me and Brilla for Chicago players. Players. players.
2: And Anthony was a player last year. Now yeah. he's a, he's just that cool, like on the list all the time. <laughs> Have. out here changing lives <laughs> in uh in, in in Chicago art scene. So pick that up so you can read how how famous we almost are. <laughs> I like that. I yeah,
1: like that. I, yeah,
0: I am in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Now, it just means like they I've, I've been in it too many times, which is true. Make room for other people. And but i'm in the advocates and change change makers hall of fame which is mm-hmm. which is pretty great because the other one is storefront and stalwarts mm-hmm. and i made it to the change makers you know and yeah. uh, there was a time where i was a storefront and a stalwart so i'll be holding a um spot for you two in the hall of fame okay okay and uh, although your careers are uh are greater, (laughs) grander, and deeper than mine, perhaps one day you can come to the Hall of Fame lounge and I'll get you a yellow blazer.
2: Is the blazer yellow? No. Is the blazer yellow? Why is
0: the NFL's blazer yellow? (laughs) The Masters are green. Uh Right. The NFL is yellow. I don't know what any... Are all the sports Hall of Fame's yellow?
1: I know nothing about sports.
2: (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) How did you escape this growing up? in The the arts.
1: (laughs) While everybody was on the playground, I was in the theater. They had to drag me out of there.
2: Uh, And also, if y'all, shameless plug, shameless plug, if you are in the Lincoln Park area tonight... Or any weekend, Thursday through Sunday, uh, until March 3rd, please come and see the remounts of one of my greatest accomplishments as a playwright, Tad in Fifth City, with Impact Theater mm. at the Greenhouse Theater Center. Tickets are on sale now. We are in previews um, Thursdays through Saturdays at um, 8 p.m. and Sundays at 3 You can go to the Greenhouse dot org i believe um and uh, get your tickets or you can go to impact's uh, website www.mpaact.org and pick up tickets for that show the official press opening is january 28th
1: congratulations
2: thank thank you all (laughs) 14 years the show has come back after
0: 14 years so that's dope and you know if 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 you want to join Collaboration, we're putting together a crew to go to the show on February 15th. Mm.
2: And O'Ron Tanyana Marshall, who is um, the pl- poet that I ad- adapted his poetry. um, for the show Mm -hmm. um, is going to be on the station with us on um, the 10th of February and and then he still will be in town from Maui because he lives fancy like that and he will be at the show the night that Collaboration is there um, doing Talk Back.
1: Oh, we're gonna have to make that a mad rhythms night too and have uh, bring all the Southside folk.
2: Yes, because I know you did we that's where we met. It was an impact thing years yeah. ago, but Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that's see? what it had to be. Or the hot house.
1: Ooh. Ooh, I forgot about the hot house. That's right. I they had a beautiful wooden stage. I remember that like no other. It might have been a hot house. <laughs>
0: That, oh, that's great! He's going to be in town. I look. I can't yes. wait to meet him.
2: Oh, you, it, it, it is a treat. Um, Oron Kenyatta Marshall is an amazing human, Army vet, world traveler, scholar, mm. poet, and uh, has some. Uh, Affiliations on the west side with <laughs> the black and the gold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, if you um, know, you know.
0: And uh, take a moment also um, to listen to last week's podcast if you get a chance. We had Pugs Adams on. Mm. Um, and Pugs is, is uh, a multi-hyphenate... Do you know Pugs Adams? I don't. Pugs is... Uh, he's a musician... Um, Visual artist, uh, sculptor. He's one of the founders of Englewood's Art, Ar- Englewood Arts Collective. Okay. And um, what's the movie about the graffiti artist that was shot in Chicago? Uh, it might have the word light in it. Uh, light it up? Is that what it is? Is light it up about a... Uh, I think it is. Um, light it up mm-hmm. was a movie that came out in 99. Um. It featured um, Babyface. Oh Babyface and Tracy Edmonds produced it. Oh. and do you know what oh, Usher was in it.
2: I was about to say so did anybody get paid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh oh. <laughs> Forest Whitaker, you know this movie, right, Carla? Uh,
2: Ninety nine was a year that I was not paying attention to things. Uh, I was dealing. I was not paying attention. Do you to know life.
0: Rosario Dawson, Forest Whitaker? It, it does ring a bell. It, it is based on a graffiti artist, and and Pugs was the
1: wait. Usher was in it, yeah, like playing a high schooler or yes. something like that.
0: Yes, yes,
1: I do remember it, that. It was okay. shot in
0: Chicago. And uh, it was based on on Pugs. And then they hired him to actually do the graffiti in, in the movie. Hmm. It was about a graffiti artist. Um, but anyways, we're here with Brill Barrett, <laughs> a dedicated tap dancer whose mission is pres- to preserve and promote tap dance as a percussive art form. Foster respect and admiration for the history and culture of tap and continuously create opportunities for the art form and its practitioners. Brill is the founder of Mad Rhythms, Mad Making a Difference Dancing. He's the director of the Chicago Tap Summit, founder of the Mad Rhythms Tap Academy. His performance opportunities include Riverdance, Tap Dance Kid, Derek Grant, Aaron Tolson's Imagine Tap, the Kennedy Center. <laughs> the, the democratic national convention <laughs> the, the last time now it's coming back and- and he's and he's done stuff with collaboration <laughs> and we're and we're this this um he, we're we're at the at the top of the of the tap dance uh, mountain <laughs> here with brill Barrett and it's an honor to have you on the show oh thank you it's an honor to be
1: here Wait, so you t- you the democratic national Convention tell us about that. I, I don't even remember fully. Uh, we were young, and I was in a—me a, and my cousin used to dance together, and we had a group called Steppin' Out. That was our first tap group. Mm-hmm. And we got invited to perform at one of the events for the Democratic National Convention when it was here. And I don't remember a lot about it because I was probably 10 or 11 or 12, somewhere around there. But, yeah, we did it.
2: Bro, I like to ask people, what is their origin story? What is your what Where, like, in the Marvel movie of your life, how did we get a brill? Like, what happened? What spider bit you to make you do this tap?
1: It was an old school of spider.
2: <laughs>
1: it wasn't a spider, it was roaches. And, no, I'm just. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm born and raised on the West Side. North Londale is where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, BBF, the the Better Boys Foundation, what it was called then, it was the it was the community, the neighborhood community center. And my mom, as soon as me and all my cousins who lived in the same house on uh, we, I grew up on Eighteenth and Millard. As soon as I was old enough to 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 get in trouble, my mom was like, "No, we're gonna send you somewhere, <laughs> so you don't be out here in these streets getting in trouble." And so me and my cousins, we used to all go to BBF after school on the weekends and every holiday we were at bbf in that community center and they had the lamont zeno theater mm-hmm. so the way it's different now but the way the building used to be made it was a skinny three story building on one side was three plate or, or three like um the jungle gym for the little kids the softball mound where they hit it off the wall and then the basketball hoops those were the three Sports like mini playgrounds on on this side. And on the left side was the theater. So when I first went there, all my cousins went to the right. Then I went to the left. (laughs) So that's why when I say I don't know much about sports, I mean, I played football a little bit in high school, but even that was not my thing. The theater and entertainment and the arts have always been my thing. And so growing up on the west side, going to that place, pretty much living there, um I took everything Like most kids Everything they offered I took Every dance class Every type of dance Acting classes Vocal classes Like whatever it was there They offered it I took it Um, But tap was the thing That kind of spoke to me And I just remember As I got older I started letting things Fall by the wayside So that I could really get into tap tap was the thing i knew i've known since the first time i tapped that i was going to do it for the rest of my life i Mm -hmm. didn't i didn't know what that meant or how it would play out Mm -hmm. but i just knew i couldn't immediately i knew tap was going to be with me forever
2: i I had the same experience as a 10 year old with theater
1: (laughs) see see, first theater class
2: i was like oh oh, this this is my thing
0: this is my jam yeah and for me it was ice cream (laughs)
2: Look at this! this is, these are the jokes you get from these late in life artists that, <laughs> that, that didn't sacrifice their jump rope years. I was like, for, for, for
0: the rest of my life, you will be a part of it, and then I got my ten thousand hours, and I became a master. <laughs> of am cream. I'll go
2: creamologist. No, so the
0: story is that my you know my father grew up in the. Uh, South Pacific in one of the marshall islands mm. on a on a missile base, because my grandfather was Army Corps of Engineer wow, and so it, it, certain things were free in the store because you were basically on an army base uh-huh. mm-hmm. and milk and ice cream were free oh. So, like, at the end of the day, and it was like, and and it was like getting calcium was also kind of a thing on Mm. the island. Uh And so, like, my dad and his brother would be, like, allowed to, like, eat, like, a pint of ice cream after, like, he talked about eating, like, a gallon of ice cream when he was, like, in high school after they had football practice with the eight wow. eight players they had on the team.
2: <laughs> so you part ice cream is what you're saying. Exactly. It's, it's in your DNA. Exactly. You are vanilla. Bro, you have performed. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw the joke while you were drinking the water. I that almost was, lost that this water that over
1: all rude. this electrical equipment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I almost lost
2: it. <laughs> Anthony. Vanilla, uh, you have danced all over the world, all over the world.
1: Yeah, not every place I'd like to yet.
2: Where haven't you gone? Africa. I haven't either. So you have been. You have tapped in Prague, Canada, Germany, Finland, Turkey, Austria, mm-hmm. Denmark, Sweden, Albania, mm-hmm. Amsterdam, Brazil, the Bahamas, and the UK.
1: Yeah, yeah. And those are pretty fun places
2: what did has it been brill or brill and mad rhythms or what what has been your what has what in the tap has taken you how are people getting? How's the world know
1: a brill? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's it's a bit of all of the above. Okay. Like, of course, a lot of my traveling happened when I was pursuing a career as a performer myself. Mm-hmm. And then after I started Mad Rhythms and myself and uh, Martin Trey Dumas Third, we started Mad Rhythms and we grew that into something. Then the company has started uh, doing a little traveling here and there. But most of those travels have been me. Uh, connected to something else um, and one of the things I learned quickly is that the arts especially dance especially tap is universal I remember being in Albania and they were like nobody here speaks English unless like they're training to be an interpreter like it's not a second or third or whatever and I remember going on stage in Albania And just dropping that beat with my shoes and the audience starts clapping. And I'm like, we talking, we're communicating. So like the the joys of just being able to connect with people who who don't, you know, don't look like me, don't don't come from the places I come from and have all types of different altering life experiences is what I think makes me appreciate the world.
2: Tap is the, I believe, the first American dance form.
1: Yes, it is the first indigenous American art form. But it was created by people, obviously, who from the beginning were not here. Well, (laughs) let me rephrase that. From the beginning of the creation of what is America, uh, obviously we were here, but... We're here in a different way as enslaved people, but our ancestors brought all of this African tradition with us, and those things became the building blocks of tap dance. And so tap dance was created by our ancestors here as a way, you know, um, if you, if you start going into history and talk about plantations and the taking of the drums and the, and the, um, uh, the different codes that were created to, you know, one of the things they realized is we communicated. And mm-hmm. we communicated with our drums And we communicated And and the other thing was keeping the culture alive From wherever we had come from Our ancestors that come from all over Africa We wanted to keep our culture alive So we kept doing those ancestral dances And kept doing those things And when they would take one thing To try to handicap us We would just assimilate it into another And so when you think of ham boning And spooning and all of that stuff That all comes from Once you take drums away We're going to drum on our bodies We're going to drum on ourselves And so if you think about um, I mean, that's just it. I love the history because it's so rooted in a uh, people who were destined by this country's standards to not be a part of anything legit. And we rose and then some. And through that, tap was formulating all throughout. So I feel like tap dance itself was created from the depths of, of, of the bottom of oppression and used now as a way to express and escape oppression.
2: The first tap shoes Uh were horse bits on the bottom
1: of... So, yeah, the the whole term hoofers, which is what we call the elder statemen, statesmen and women of tap. But that term was a derogatory term at mm-hmm. first. And they call when they when they re, 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 refer to folks as hoofers, it was more as a dismissal of not the the European standards of training that ballet offered. Mm-hmm. Ballet was the cream of the crop. It was the top. It was royalty. Tap. Oh, they just out there hoofing around mm-hmm. or not, not to mention that um, slaves were called so you get buck dancing. So you get all this derogatory terminology that was the original. But, yeah, if you look at a lot of old movies, they're not even wearing tap shoes in those movies. Nope. Like the tap sounds, they overdubbed them later. And and uh, mm-hmm. Bojangles had wooden taps on his shoes. So um, I remember I thought taps were what everybody wore because my grandfather, when he, when I was young, he always had the little metal yeah. taps on his shoes. That To all, protect the like shoes, all old black men had taps on their shoes, yeah. so I was like, oh, so I'm just doing now what I'm <laughs> going to end up doing when I get old, not knowing that that was yeah, so there was always a connection between putting stuff on the shoes for different reasons, um and then the tap becoming
2: the thing why mad rhythms <laughs> why mad rhythms? Why do you settle down to create an organization? Um Well, so a word I like to use, which
1: goes hand in hand with collaborations, entire thematic existence, is a TAPtivist. I wanted to do for young black men in my community what Tap did for me. I wanted to return that favor. Um, not even a favor. I felt it was my responsibility because. My teachers gave me tap. It allowed me to get out of whatever situations I was growing up in that weren't favorable and see the world and experience the world and and understand how big the world was than just my neighborhood. So I turned around and decided I wanted to do that for my community and young black boys growing up like me. You know, I wanted them to see me and and me be that option that creates that thing out of the community. Um, and my little brother, when I was away touring, he, he to this day, he says he doesn't quite remember the whole thing. But my mom would call me. I would check in with her while I was on the road touring. And she said, yeah, your, your little brother stayed out past his curfew. <laughs> or your little brother did this. And I was like, okay, it's time for me to grab him up by the collar. And connecting with me. So Mad Rhythm started unofficially as a volunteer program where I just went to, I was teaching at the Sammy Dyer School of Theater, which is the oldest black owned inst- dance institution mm-hmm. in, in, I don't know if it's the country, but I definitely know in Chicago. Um, and I just said, hey. I got. I want to start working with some of the community, you know, scholarship. And, I mean, tuition is not really a thing for a lot of these young folks. Can I just stay a few hours of my own time and do this thing with them? And so I would just pick the boys up. They would either meet me at my house or I would go around and pick them all up, pile them in the Brill Mobile, as they used to call it. Um What year was this? This had to be... Mad Rhythms officially started in 2001, so this had to be 98, 99, Mm -hmm. right up in there. And um, I really just—I started working with these young boys, and then one day, Star Dixon, my little sister, was like, how come it got to be all boys? And so I was like— Welcome. (laughs) You're you're now a part, and then so I would just meet with these kids once a week, and we would just improvise and have fun, talk to watch footage. I would show them movies, teach them routines, and then whenever I had shows, I had been building my name as a solo dancer. But whenever I had shows, I would just bring them with me, and they became my opening act. So if you hire Braille Barrett, you got a group of little kids as his opening act that you didn't ask for, Um, (laughs) whether you like it or not. liked it or not um but after a while some people started saying can you bring the kids with you yep then eventually can we book the kids turned into and i was like oh this is gonna be something so that that's but that's kind of it i wanted mad rhythms i used to say when i started traveling i noticed how popular american culture was in other countries Mm -hmm. so i used to say like you go to mad to, to to another country and you see McDonald's you recognize it McDonald's is all over it is what it is it's a hamburger place but you know you're going to get what you get right so I was like I want to start a company a tap company that's like a franchise and it'll be Mad Rhythms and we'll have it all over the world this was I was really dreaming <laughs> uh, we'll have it all over the world and people will know because it's Mad Rhythms that the quality will be something that's recognizable um And I also wanted to create a home. That was the last part of the whole equation. I wanted to do for the community, create something that was recognizable for quality all over the world. But also, every time I would go do a show or tour and come back, it was like starting over again. So I was like, I'm tired of cold calling schools to see if they need a teacher because now i've been gone for six months with this tour of that show and i said i want to create an institution that's always here whether i'm here or not and so that's when it when i began to look at it as becoming mad rhythms mm-hmm. um and then trey and i got together and we were talking about names and both of us being hip-hop heads we've talked about this anthony a lot being hip-hop heads i was just like I wanted to mean something, but I wanted to mean more than one thing. So, mad, of course, means making a difference dancing. So, when you mm-hmm. say it fully, it's making a difference dancing rhythms. But in hip hop culture, everything that was cool was mad cool. It was right. mad fly. Oh, she's mad hot, son. You know, that's <laughs> that, that East Coast. So, I wanted, like, I want them to be like, oh, they got mad rhythms, son. So, that was kind of like the slang of it, but meaning that we use the art form to make a difference the same way it made a difference in my life.
2: What is your favorite
1: tour story? Your favorite. My favorite tour story? Oh, international tour of Riverdance. Germany. Like most people, I knew nothing about Germany but what we saw on TV or read in history. Mm -hmm. So Hitler, Nazis, Germany. That's my reference. They're like, we're going to Germany. First stop, Berlin. And first stop, first night, Hitler's birthday. Excuse me. So I was like I'm not coming out of my room ever while we're in Germany because from what I know Hitler's not a nice guy. Or was it? But of course the cast of Riverdance could outdrink anybody. I'm I'm not playing into Irish stereotypes. But I am at the same time. Um, and so, Our, so... Irish tap dance <laughs> um, Oh, my God. But so they went out to the clubs and they had a ball. And I'm in the room being scared. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, next day we had whatever stage call. And we got rides to the show. But... All in all, I fell in love with Berlin. Berlin was like New York, but just in Germany. Mm -hmm. And I was like, see, this is why people should travel. This is why we should learn about other cultures and other things in school other than just history. Because I came here with stupid ideas about a place and then ended up falling in love with it and having a great time. And I love Germany. I mean, I I literally partied. Berlin was, yeah, we got it cracking. I couldn't do that. I couldn't keep up that kind of schedule nowadays. <laughs> I had to take naps.
2: I, that's how I felt about Frankfurt. Yeah. And I didn't know how many Af- Africans were there. Oh. It was a lot of Sudanese in okay. Frankfurt. I okay. was like, oh, I know these people. Oh, You, you, you were a Frankfurter, too. <laughs> I, was a Frank- I was a
1: Frankfurter, <laughs> Frankfurter a hamburger.
2: <laughs> I liked it. I had fun. The,
1: the way
0: that Germany dealt with mm-hmm. Nazi regime... And the Holocaust actually moved them further ahead. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. And, 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 and until this country <laughs> can recognize and re- restore mm-hmm. what
1: we have done, we will be held back. Yep. Yep. Germany has a name for it, it's literally called denazification. Yeah. So <laughs> well, and, and, and
0: truth and reconciliation, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and Desmond Tutu and and um, you know here we are with a percentage of the com- of the country in in denial. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Because because there are Confederate flags flying, uh-huh. Uh-huh. like like those people weren't traitors. These things should be relegated to museums. Mm-hmm. There never should have been statues. Mm-hmm. Folks should have been, went to jail. There are words that should not be said. Mm-hmm. In Germany, there are some words you cannot say. Absolutely. <laughs> they have, it's like, we're not even going to talk like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the, these days are recognized and they are solemn days and there are memorials around where you can read about all the horrible things and it's told accurately. And there were reparations,
1: and, and and it's told. I think it's it's also it's the reality of how they deal with the children. Like I mm-hmm. know in that whole, I watched this whole thing about denazification. They take the school children to the grave sites yep. of the of, of the slain Jews, and they clean them. And meanwhile, in America, we're talking about well, if it makes you feel bad, don't read the book. And I'm like, <laughs> or oh, you can't read the book. And I'm like, and these kids, they're going to these grave sites so it's a real thing it's a real and it's like we will never let this happen again Right, and I I just wish we could get on that page in this country I wish
2: have you taken your kids somewhere where you've had to have a tough conversation afterwards
1: <laughs> the first time I took them downtown downtown Chicago when I had a, a big group that we started growing out of the BBF that's why I started my after school matters at that time out of school program and And that's where we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the fundraiser, and I I heard you on the mic. You was nice on the mic. That that was about a decade ago, huh? (laughs) That had to be, yeah. Yeah. But so that group of kids, a lot of them, their entire world uh, revolved around their neighborhood. I live here, I go to school here, we go to the corner store here, and then we come to BBF. That was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So going downtown was a level of culture shock that I had never seen and didn't understand. Because I grew up, my mom took me everywhere. If the train or bus could go there, we were there. Yep. So I grew up on the west side, but I went to school on the south side. Then... When my top teacher left BBF, he went to the Uptown Hall House on the north side. And my mm-hmm. mom took me to classes there right. two hours each way. But my mom just was that kind of person, is that kind of person. And so these a lot of these babies, first time we went downtown, you know, a group of them, everywhere we walked, I had to explain why people are looking at them this way and why this is that. And I'm like... That's a shame. You would think we went to another country or we went someplace foreign, right downtown Chicago. Um, and I remember, but I also remember seeing the delight on their faces. Um, like I remember at one point in the program, we we had like one or two young ladies who wore a natural hairstyle, and all the other kids, boys and girls, talked about and clowned this young lady, you know, till she was crying about it. She gets downtown and she sees business women coming to and from work with natural hairstyles. And she just starts pointing and she lit up about it. And I'm like, see, this is why representation matter. This is why exposure is so important for our babies because the world is going to be this until we take them and show them that it's this.
2: And a lot of the folks listening do not understand this. So listen and believe when we say there are children in this city on the west sides and the south sides that have never seen the lake.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. they
2: have never seen it they've never seen buckingham fountain mm-hmm. they've mm-hmm. never seen the museums all of these things that you take for granted it's like you're in chicago you mm-hmm. no we have we have uh kids that are living in a level of poverty and isolation mm-hmm. In this very rich, wealthy, cultural city.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That is
2: actually shameful.
0: Yeah. They have never been on an escalator. Mm. Mm. No. But, you know, I'm excited about what Mayor Johnson, the, he is doing the initiative that he said he would do to improve our neighborhood schools and yes. stop the... Um, you know, the inequity of resources mm-hmm. <laughs> in in our education system. It's it's pretty amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um what do you guys think about that? Well, I mean I think it's 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 Where did it's you go to it's, high school? it's beyond time. I went to Lane Tech. Oh. See that's what I'm saying. Like, when I tell people I'm from the West Side, they start naming West Side schools. I've never gone to school on the West Side. My mom was a big proponent of education. Right. No matter what. So my first years of education, she sent me to a a private school to the point that my own family used to, like, talk about her and and threaten to call DCFS on her because we were poor, but she was spending what little money she had to put me in private school. Mm -hmm. But she valued education. And so then when I went to public school— I know we're past the, the limit, the, the whole statute of limitations. So my mom was one. So when we, when it was time for me to go to a public school because my private school closed down, I went to a, a Centers for New Horizons uh, Shule Iwatoto was the school I went to. It was a private school. We learned all kind of stuff languages Spanish, French, um, uh, Swahili. Like I just came up like that. And then when it was time to go to public school, she still didn't want me in the neighborhood schools. So she said that we lived in River City because I think she had went. They were they were doing tours and renting new places. So she went, got all the information on the tour, and then put it on the school form. And so literally. I had a bus that would drop me off in Dibworn Park. The school bus after school would drop me off in Dibworn Park, and then I would go get on the train and go to the west side and go home. So I only tell As that story. Some,
0: and I'm, there's somebody that's been getting All right, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Listen. That's uh, all. Hey, mama's got to do it, you know. Yeah, but she found a way to to make sure I got a quality education. So even when it came to high school, when I when I picked schools, I was like, I knew arts has been my thing, mm-hmm. but I wanted to go to like one of the best schools, so I applied for like Whitney Young and Lane Tech and everything considered the best, and I got accepted in Lane Tech, and so that's where I went. What year did you graduate from high school? Ninety three. Oh. You're youngin. <laughs> oh, he's
0: coming. He's just coming up on 600 months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, I'm,
2: just I'm now. mad that you know how many months it is. It's it's because of me. I did the math. Oh, did you do the I math? I do the math wow. every year. This year, I'll be 612 months old. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still... I'm, I'm 605 still, right now. 605? Yeah.
0: She's like 600. Oh, um, yeah,
2: I'll be six 600 uh, 610. Yeah, so, that, yeah, <laughs> so, so in,
0: when did Tanika uh, go to Lane Tech? Tanika? Uh, Tanika Lewis-Johnson. Do you know her? I know that name, yes. She must be a couple years after But that you. was... Co- Coach Johnson's daughter, maybe? Well, no. no. Uh, t- uh, she's one of the co-founders of Englewood Arts Collective, a photographer and visual artist who really has changed the way people are are looking at segregation in the city with her Fold and Map oh, project. Oh, the
1: Fold and Map project. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I met her at a collaboration function. She, she, <laughs> she went
0: to Lane Tech, and she had to go to great lengths to get her son... Uh, you know, into Lane Tech, and, uh-huh. and, and she got him in. I think her daughter went there as well. And, you know, it shouldn't be such a gauntlet to get to a great, get education. great education. It's just like, okay, let's just, you know, pretend we don't live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. How do you fix all the problems in Chicago? Well, <laughs> maybe it's a good idea if we made every school the best yeah yeah and every kid had everything they needed when they were in our schools mm-hmm. you know and in 20 years from now educated people that read books and and have dialogue <laughs> and have things that they're passionate about are less likely to go hurt themselves and each other mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and
2: Oh. I've talked about it a lot. My mother was the same way. We were not wealthy. We, we were the anti wealthy. <laughs> and um, she paid for 13 years of Catholic school for four girls because her theory was if I pay, if I front load this education, uh-huh. you'll be able to take care of yourself. Uh-huh. So I'm going to pay for this private education. We, she would not let us go to the neighborhood schools we were in south shore she was like no Mm -hmm.
1: no but and that's it neighborhood schools should be it shouldn't be that yeah we say neighborhood (laughs) schools as if they aren't still part of cps right and so what you said rings so true like every school that's under the banner of this powerful organization should have the same resources poured into it and then every neighborhood can produce from its Coffers you know children like you say who want to do things and not have to go around to find an education
2: so audience because i don 't want this opportunity to pass <laughs> we are going to do something radical here on collaboration <laughs> radio today um, i 'm going to um, set the scene for you it 's january january 20 today 20th, Mm-hmm. twenty
1: twenty
2: four in the year of our Lord. And we are going to have live tap dancing on the radio. What? What? Brill Barrett, ladies and gentlemen, is going to give us the sweet, sweet sounds of tap. Wait, we have to get the studio. This is crazy.
0: Yeah, move that. I want to get on. We want to get on the video.
2: I did not oh. trust that this was going to be a thing today. It's going to be a thing. Anthony said it, and I was like, "It's too radical, Anthony. It's too <laughs> wild." And then bro showed up, and so let's see if we can hear this. I think, be good. I, think, I think that's good. <laughs> so much like you, bro, I um I went through many artistic mediums. I tried to do a lot of stuff. Um, one of the things, cause I'm a pretty decent dancer back when my knees and stuff worked, uh, but I tried tap. Uh huh. And I, um, at 12 years old, got my first pair of TAP shoes. They were black patent leather. They were gorgeous. And I put them on and, and I went to class and they tried to teach me the shuffle ball change. And I did not have the the, the foot, and eye, hip, knee coordination. So I gave up TAP after the first class. Oh no. oh I was no. like, this is. This is terrible. I'm supposed to be black <laughs> and have rhythm, but my what? My, what is it in my DNA? My my eleven percent European <laughs> kicked in, and, and I can't do that thing you do.
1: Well, let me apologize. That who do that? You do so let, well. Let, let me apologize <laughs> for the first thing they tried to teach you being a shuffle ball change. <laughs> first thing I teach is how to take one step. And make music and rhythms with one step. Wow. And then we play with that one step until you go and show me a second one. Show me a second one. So we build it note by note or brick by brick, just like you build anything else. So those uh,
2: mofos set me up for failure <laughs> is what you're telling me. They set me yeah,
1: up. They, they, they could have simplified that a little okay. bit more for you.
2: All right. I see it. I see it now. Now I feel cheated. I could have had tap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you still can. You still can.
2: Okay, so we'll talk to my knees.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm glad to have a conference with your knees. The left one's gonna have an attitude problem. I already know it, but I'm for you. You can, you can tell it. she's rude. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> left knee is very rude.
1: Left feet in general have discipline problems.
2: Really? Oh, yeah. Everybody has two left feet.
1: Oh, that's why I think that's why the saying comes that way, (laughs)
2: because I know I had a problem in in ballet and in jazz turning left. Uh. Turning left is a thing that I had to work on.
1: (laughs) Well, I tell you, this is a nature versus nurture thing. I'm left handed, so I'm naturally left side dominant. But all my teachers taught right. And yeah. right side dominant, so I tap right side dominant, oh. and not left side dominant like I should naturally do. You're the Jimi Hendrix of tap. Mm.
0: You mm. have to
2: turn tap upside down.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know, Jimi Jim, Jim <laughs> Jim, Jim <laughs> was lefty and he played a righty guitar upside down. Yeah. yeah, which is why nobody can make the sounds that Jimmy made. Ah. Jimi Hendrix of ah. tap. I like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's, well, before we're done here, what's what's happening at, at Mad Rhythms? What's coming up? What are you doing? What are the what are the dreams? What are the
1: seeds you're? plan right now well uh let's see so my pandemic project was like when everybody was going virtual i was thinking what can i do to ensure that if we ever have another situation like this that i'm not just stuck here by myself so i took my office uh, inside of the Hair Washington Culture Center. And I turned it into, I built a podcast studio, like piece by piece. If I showed you pictures of like the first little board and the first, and now it's, it's, it's quite impressive to me. Um, but so I started the Matt Rhythms Podcast Network. And so two years ago now, I started, I started a podcast called the Either and Podcast with Brill Barrett. And people say, well, what does that have to do with tap? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> nah. Nothing. It's not a tap dance podcast. I am a tap dancer with a podcast. But the whole thing is, at, obviously, in the last two years, politics has gotten ridiculous. Right. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that somewhere in the midst of all of everybody's opinions, in the middle lies the real answer. So it's not either your way or my way. It's maybe either your way and my way put together and worked out. So either and is just literally how I try to live my life in peace and promoting peace by saying we got to figure out how to work together through whatever means we have and in, in whatever way that presents itself. And so that's the podcast. We just wrapped up our second season. Um, the first season was mostly me just talking in mm-hmm. <laughs> a mic for 45 minutes, which is, if you could tell, I can do all the time. Second season, I wanted to interview some people and start talking to other people in Chicago. Um, because like, like, like Anthony said earlier, it's something about if it's not, if there's no record of it, it didn't happen. Right. And especially with, with them messing with history and messing with books and taking stuff out, you gotta document everything as it happens so that no one else can say, let me tell you how it happened and then change the narrative. So that's the whole reason behind my podcast. Um, but then Tristan Bruins, who's also, uh, was a member of Mad Rhythms for a very long time, started uh, Gasp of a Dying Art Form, which at first was a Facebook group. But he's really into the history of tap and and finding books and talking to the authors and, and his podcast is really, really, really good and very informative. So that's probably the biggest thing that people don't expect to come out of Mad Rhythms is, is a slew of podcasts. But, like, why not? Everybody's doing it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Where can we see you next?
1: Um... Mad Rhythms will be well at Jacob's Pillow this summer. It'll it'll be our first time being at Jacob's Pillow in in, in Boston. Um, we just started our our winter session of classes at the Mad Rhythms Tap Academy, where you too can learn how to tap. We have tap for tots all the way up through grown and sexy tap. Uh Oh, I teach the grown. That's what I'm saying. When you said, you know, it's too late for me. Once we talk to your knees, we get you in that grown a grown and sexy class. Um, and and people always say, well, what's the difference? What's the grown and sexy? I say, well, there's no five year old next to you outdoing you. <laughs> and you will not hear me go s- anywhere in that class. <laughs> but, um, yes. but that's kind of it. Uh, we're about to do a, a lot of performances and stuff for Black History Month. Nice. Um And some schools, libraries, and so the calendar has been filling up with that. But pretty much we're getting ready to take the whole company to Jacob's Pillow.
2: And website?
1: Madrhythms.com. And that's mad with two D's. M-A-D-D-R-H-Y-T-H-M-S dot com.
2: Bro, thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you all for having me. For, for a few months, we've been like, we gotta have Brilla. on. We
0: gotta have Brill on. And then, and then we saw you at the gala. And we're like, we gotta
2: have Brilla. on.
1: Yeah, man. And congratulations again. I, I was inspired at you all's gala, man. I was inspired. I was like, wow. Folks love them. And support the work they do. That is a beautiful thing to witness. And so, my heart, I'm just, I'm happy for you all so much. Thank hey, you we're so
2: much.
0: Special to be 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 doing it together at the same time in the
1: same city. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let, let's keep doing let's that. Keep doing yes. it. Yes. Let's Crossing keep... paths. Uh, what, what do you call that? Cross pollinating.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> Collaboration Radio. We got a great show next week with Vasile Garvanliev from macedonia he was on eurovision and uh he's got an incredible story to tell and go back and check out some of the great podcasts we've had in the last couple months but today we had tap dance in the studio so you know, wild all the
1: South,
2: so crazy <laughs> tap in the studio huh. next saturday though come back to see us C-S-F-O. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boy, I I CFO. I said "fo" so that it rhymes. Right. <laughs> we are out of here. Good night.
0: Good night. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>